welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the FNA Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage firms in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearlie, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Emily Chu, founder and director at Hey Chips a Singaporean-born, natural, award-winning snacking brand that focuses on using fruits and vegetables as its key ingredients. We'll talk more about all of that shortly, but first of all, hello Emily, welcome to the podcast and thank you so much for joining me today. Hello, thanks for having me. It's really great to have you here today and I think the first thing I'd like to start off with, you know, is to get a bit more background from you on your work with Hey Chips. You know, there's so much going on in terms of healthy snacking and APEC. So I wanted to ask why you felt that, you know, a focus on fruits and vegetables has been the way to go. Yeah, so I started off with Hey Chips in 2018 with a very simple goal, uh, which is to make good food out of just simple and honest ingredients. I grew up in Hong Kong. Um, originally, and then oh. I and, and I did my studies in Singapore as well. I saw a lot of uh, packaged food products in the supermarkets, and most of them are ultra-processed foods. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in case you don't understand, um, ultra-processed would be ones that are made with a lot of ingredients, mm-hmm. um, ingredients that are not com- commonly found in kitchens, in mm-hmm. household kitchens, mm-hmm. and also they have very low uh, nutritional values. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. In recent years, I think there's a lot of studies on um, ultra-processed foods all over the world mm-hmm. and governments have been trying to um, improve the food qualities in the mm-hmm. supermarkets. Yeah, so because uh, ultra-processed foods has been associated with a lot of um, chronic illnesses, mm-hmm. cancer, mm-hmm. and most importantly, obesity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in Singapore, I think about six years ago, um, government has been trying to clamp down on the diabetes. Mm-hmm. We have been having a the rise in diabetes rates over the years. Mm-hmm. So these are things that I'm trying to change with pay chips mm-hmm. by introducing a cleaner snacking option um, without sacrificing the taste. Coming back to fruits and vegetables, you know, everybody knows that one of the biggest problems that every parent will have and will complain about is to get children to eat their fruits and vegetables. So I was wondering whether, you know, this is also a demographic that you are focusing on for your marketing, you know, and how does fruits and vegetables play into this? Yeah, so when we talk about clean ingredients for us, mm-hmm. we are really looking at minimal ingredients in our ingredient list mm-hmm. to make a good snack. And I think fruit and vegetables themselves are already quite flavorful. They are mm-hmm. very enjoyable, especially mm-hmm. the tropical fruits, right? Yeah, and that's why they were chosen in the first place. Because mm-hmm. we want the fruits and vegetables to be able to stand on their own and not rely mm-hmm. on flavorings. Yeah, most of the snacks in the market, they actually lean towards using grains as the base. Mm. to create volume, to create mass. So you have wheat flours or rice puffs um, in, in the supermarkets and then they coat it with seasonings to achieve good mm. taste. So these are methods that food manufacturers use to um, lower costs, mm. but they are also heavily processed and come with a high carb um, sodium and fats mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're not really the healthiest snacks to have. But our biggest fan has been parents and young children so mm. far. Yeah, children really need the best nutrition to, to get ahead in life, right? Yeah, and young parents, they usually are very focused. They, they know, they have done their homework around health and nutrition. They mm-hmm. care about where the crops are coming from and mm-hmm. we practice farm to table. And then they appreciate the simple and clean ingredient mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're after convenience and also good nutrition because of the fast-paced living in, in Singapore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also when we do our events, I think taste is king. 
and um, kids are definitely the most um, honest critics in the world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if they don't like something, they are definitely not afraid to show it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so far we have been able to win uh, over a lot of the kids, mm-hmm. even um, even though they might be veggie haters, they also enjoy <laughs> the, the vegetable chips. Uh, you know, the broccoli chips has been a really crowd favorite mm. for for the kids. Now you've won over the kids, you've won over, in, uh, I think, a large part of the population that has the problem with fruits and vegetables most of the time. <laughs> yeah. so if we look a bit closer at responses, you know, what sort of response are you seeing, seeing overall to such healthier snacks here in Singapore, you know, as well as any other markets that you are in currently? You know, are, are consumers still tending to compare uh, the veg- fruit and vegetable chips to potato chips? You know, are they seeing it as a new category, essentially? I don't think that they are seeing it as a new category per se. We are usually in the supermarkets, we are placed within the snack section mm. or the mother and child section because we, we oh. are quite popular uh, amongst that, that segment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So response, I think, has been very good so far. And uh, for the, the group of parents with young children, they, they really appreciate it mm-hmm. the most. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the second biggest segment that we are targeting is actually the corporates who mm-hmm. are living. I mean, they have a sedentary office lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So. I think most of the big corporates, they want the employees to have good benefits mm. and to have good nutrition. Yeah, so they, they will splurge a little bit to get mm. good snacks for the employees. Like um, offices like Google, Meta, Bloomberg mm. are places that we actually stock our snacks. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I think these conceptions that we have uh, in the market, I think, okay, overall it's doing quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there are still people who compare us against like cheaper fruit and vegetable yeah. snacks in the market. Uh-huh. Yeah. But there's definitely mm. different ways to achieve the same snack. Some mm. um, food producers would actually use a sugar coating or ah, use yes. flavorings mm. to make sure that the snacks is uh, can be produced at a lower cost. Mm. But you know they are not as healthy. Of course, <laughs> of yeah. course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but comparing to potato chips or to like French fries, they are definitely healthier already. Mm. So it really depends on individuals' preference and where they actually draw the line between healthy and unhealthy. Also, how do you see the healthier snacking category as a whole growing and developing in this region moving forward? You know, are there any main trends and drivers that you are seeing driving the sector? Right. I think in future, healthier snack has to become um, cleaner in general because mm-hmm. uh, people are getting more and more educated and mm-hmm. more informed these days. Mm-hmm. They know how to read food labels, mm-hmm. so you can't really cheat them anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think everyone hates to see long list of ingredients, especially when it's filled with like industrial food additives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think with like you know, social media, a lot of people are sharing this stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have a lot of groups of people and knowledge online. People are a lot more aware these days. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so another trend that I thought uh, that is growing these days is the plant-based trend. Mm. Yeah, plant-based trend has been really growing quite rapidly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as mm-hmm. you can see. Yeah, so a lot of snacks, right? Largely, they are still plant-based, but mm-hmm. they would still contain a little bit of maybe milk, honey, uh, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. gelatin if they use like some mm-hmm. kind of fillers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so in the past we don't really think much about these things, but nowadays people are really into the plant-based because of ethical reasons mm-hmm. and um, that's definitely a, a growth in, mm-hmm. in this uh, segment. Yeah, okay. I think a lot of new brands, uh, including us, right, we are entering this plant-based segment yeah because mm-hmm. there's a huge demand in it there are also asked in terms of when you look at plant-based because you did mention that so you do fruits and you do vegetables yeah. right do you see the future in a sense lying in either fruit snacks or vegetable snacks or is it fruits for more of the sweeter side and vegetables for more of the savory side is there such a thing do you think from what you're seeing with what your work 
Yeah, so every market is slightly different. In Singapore, we see bigger demand for our vegetable snacks. Mm. Yeah, but when we bring our products to Europe and US, I mm -hmm. think the tropical fruits become the more exotic uh, thing. Yeah, so yeah. it's a very cultural thing. Yep. Yeah. So there's cultural and geographical difference for yeah. the popularity. Yeah. yeah, right. That's interesting. So I guess following on from all of that, you know, what are your plans for Hey Chips moving forward? You know, where are you looking to go from here? In the past year, we started to do some international work and right now we have nine countries that we export mm. to. So that includes the US, Australia, EU and Hong Kong. Yeah. Okay. The next stop will be China actually mm. for us. Yeah. We are still doing the registration work yep, yeah, yep. with the authorities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's one thing. So um, growing in terms of volume in uh, globally. Mm -hmm. And the next thing is to add more varieties to what we okay. have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we are not really like potato chips, right? We can't just uh, concoct a new recipe <laughs> of uh, seasoning and then yep. okay, we roll it out next month. Yep. Yeah. For us we have to go from farm to table, meaning we have to seek for mm. these farms that are suitable mm. and have like a whole year of looking mm -hmm. at the, the variants and the kind of qualities that we are getting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So for us to R&D a new type, right, would take around one to two years oh, yeah, wow. for each type. Okay. Because yeah, mm. we are really relying on the actual yep. produce. Yeah, so that's something that we are looking into. So I'm going to change focus a little bit now towards your own entrepreneurial okay. journey. So yeah, so yeah, I understand your background and actually you were doing yeah. architecture. So that's very unusual. And then you also worked with uh, Singapore's Housing Development Board. And then you focus on business ventures, branding ventures. So I think Hey Chips is your first food-focused venture. Yeah. So yeah, so I was wondering what surprised you the most you know, when you actually moved all the way from architecture and then moved into food. And what, what surprised you the most? Yeah, actually I started off as an architect because mm. okay, I, I think of myself as quite a creative person mm -hmm. but when I really get into it, I realise that the, the whole branding and marketing world is a mm -hmm. lot, a lot more exciting, a lot more varied. Yeah, I mm -hmm. meet a lot of different types of people, different traits mm -hmm. and I guess that kind of um, uh, excitement right, really made me reset from scratch mm. in terms of my career and then enter into the business world. Yeah. So between Aki and also Food Venture, I think you rightly pointed out, I also did a bit of like mm -hmm. marketing and branding kind of things, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So one of the things that I did was uh, a trailblazer role for um, okay. a Singapore Baramundi company oh. to, to bring it into Hong Kong. Okay. Yeah. So that's actually where I got to almost run a business on my own. Mm. Yeah. So I was doing the branding and marketing and also a bit of the BD work, mm -hmm. finding shares, finding a... a five-star hotels and all that mm. to, to take up the fish. Mm -hmm. I have my own passion in, in this area of natural food, so mm -hmm. I started Hey Chips. Mm, yeah. okay, okay. So I kind of like slowly eased into it. <laughs> so you, do, you weren't overly surprised. In that case, let me ask you, you know, what do you think is the biggest difference essentially between what you're doing previously and what you're doing now in food? I guess architecture is a lot more structured. You, you tend mm. to come from a big organization that has more predictability. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the work is a, a lot more professional. I think most people would know that studying architecture in school is one of the toughest uh, yes, subjects. I've heard. I have heard. <laughs> yeah. You, you hardly get any sleep. But I think now that I look back, it's probably a very good training for mm -hmm. your determination mm -hmm. and a bit of leadership as well. Because mm -hmm. what people don't know is that when you get out of the university after five to six years, you immediately assume kind of a leadership role in every mm. development project. Oh. Yeah, you're the one designing the spaces, making good use of the real estate. You're the mm -hmm. one coordinating between client and uh, contractors and mm. other consultants. Mm -hmm. So you kind of make decisions like 
quite fast every day, the connecting point of everybody. Mm. Yeah. So that um, leadership kind of training that I've had from architecture really carries over when I mm. start my own business. Okay. Yeah. I would say starting my business might be an easier job than oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think some people might come from another background will, will find mm. this like a lot tougher. Yeah. But you need to solve a lot of like very stressful situations in architecture mm. and Kind of prepare yourself for the worst of the worst. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and now this is uh, a bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there are also things that you have to prepare for a lot. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. it's comparable. It comparable in that sense. It's tra- the their skills yeah. that we found transferable over. Yeah, a lot of that. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Yeah, yeah. But you know, still, even though it was, I, 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 as you said, you know, somewhat easier. I, I'm wondering if there's anything that you wish you had known when you were first starting out, you know, moving over, moving across into food and anything you might have changed in the beginning if you had known what you know now yeah. in advance. Fortunately, in this business, mm-hmm. there wasn't any regrets mm-hmm. or any major setbacks that I've had that mm-hmm. uh, couldn't be resolved uh, in time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because this uh, business has been bootstrapped from the start, right, mm-hmm. uh, my own money and also from uh, shareholders, friends and families, mm-hmm. Yeah, we have been extremely prudent with every spending. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. so there hasn't been any big hiccups. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That understand. We have to learn from it. Yeah, nothing serious ever happened. It's been quite smooth sailing. Yeah. Mm, okay. So in the last few years, we have been growing two to three hundred percent. But these are all organic growth. We didn't mm-hmm. even do a lot of um, advertising or anything. Yep, yep. Yeah. It's just hard work of like going out there, promote, um, mm-hmm. trying to call more people. Mm. Yeah. These are all the. Mm. The, the normal work that people would have done. Yep. So there's not a lot of splash of money into branding and all that. That mm. would be more risk-taking for us. Mm. Yeah. 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 Sam, do you have any advice for those who are looking to go into food entrepreneurship that you have? Especially considering uh, you know, your experience and also you're saying that you know, this has been so far for you quite yeah. a smooth sailing journey. <laughs> I'm sure that's what a lot of people who are looking at making a career change are you know, happy to hear and yeah. hopeful to learn from. I think food entrepreneurship is one of the most common form of um, startups, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the competition is extremely stiff, mm. yeah. So most people they may have a very good idea, good product, delicious product, mm-hmm. yeah. Then they want to come in, but they may not see the kind of cost that goes behind uh-huh. marketing, mm-hmm. yeah. For example, if you want to start a, start your own uh, social media page. To start your own as a personal page is kind of easy, right? So mm. people might think it's quite effortless. Mm. But if you really do a brand page properly, you need yep. to do content creation. Mm-hmm. You need to like take photos and videos yep. kind of like um, very systematically. Mm. Yeah. So these are all like financial stuff that people may, may not actually take into consideration so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if you go online, you'll see that I think 90-95% of the startups will fail within mm-hmm. the first year. Mm-hmm. And most startups, when they say they fail, they kind of run out of money. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think if people have the, I mean, if other entrepreneurs have the true passion in food and all that, right, maybe they have to delve a little bit deeper into financial stuff mm. yeah to know how to do budgeting uh, better mm-hmm. and also to cost their own man hours into the business as well don't don't mm. think of themselves working for free yeah uh, yes, if I they want like a realistic long term sustainability for a business they mm. have to they have to take that into consideration mm. yeah i think that's a very important point instead of you know usually we're here making huge sacrifices for the business giving your yeah. all putting everything but that's a very good point you know yeah. that you know cost yourself into the business yeah. so that, uh, so that's the main thing you would say is yeah, your main Yeah, that's the main, main thing. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I go to a lot of um, pop-ups and exhibitions and other um, entrepreneurs are there. 
they usually will say they work for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then they will say that oh, I've made a huge profit from this event. But if you look at the the volumes and the sales and all that, mm, I don't think <laughs> I don't I think it makes sense uh, if it, they consider everything. So I think we have to be a lot more careful mm-hmm. if we pull ourselves out and then uh, if we are using a higher bunch of people to run this business, is it actually sustainable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that will be the true math of the the business. Uh. Mm-hmm. Very well put. All right. Thank you so much for joining me today, Emily. It was so good to have you on the podcast today. Thank Thank you so much. And thank you also everyone for listening to this podcast as well. And I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Navigator Asia, this is Freddie.